millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello, James, and welcome to the Phonebox podcast. I, I saw you on TikTok, and I watch TikToks at like 4 o'clock in the morning because I'm just always awake. And I was overjoyed by what I saw. It's the time to do it. 4 a.m. is the best time to consume all of this stuff. <laughs> they just get into a, a rabbit hole. Just like, right, I need more. I need more of this. Scrolling away. Just, I prefer primary school TikTok, you know, like songs than Murder Talk. So I, thought, I felt like that was a positive one. <laughs> I've actually not made it onto Murder Talk yet. My uh, my TikTok feed is like 90% cats at the moment. Oh, yeah. So. I have a lot of... I have a lot of Dogs being reunited with soldiers in America that went to war. Right. Very okay. niche, but very <laughs> yeah. good. And it makes me cry every single time. So, guys, when I heard saw James on TikTok, I knew you'd love him. He is, would you cast yourself as like, it's not a comedy act. What would you say? It's kind of a weird crossover between, it is, there's there's definitely comedy in it, but it's kind of like sing-along meets comedy, uh, meets kind of storytelling. And like it's almost like a theatre kind of thing in a way. Okay, and you're traveling all around the country, aren't you? Yeah, exactly. But on on TikTok itself, it is kind of like just kind of leaning into the nostalgia, leaning into like, it is like the humor behind some of the stuff we did at school and like a lot of the songs we sang at school. And um, But very much from a kind of like a loving way. It's not kind of say, oh, this was rubbish kind of thing. It was actually like, this was great. And it brought us a lot of joy and kind of positivity. Nostalgia is embracing the fact that a lot of it was crap but that that was good. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's fine. Like stuff being a bit crap and a bit naff and a bit rubbish is just is just what the heart this whole podcast is about. Exactly. Everything yeah. on it is a bit naff and that is what we are here for. So what year were you 14? Uh so I turned 14 in January 2005. Okay, so you survived the millennium, nothing happened. <laughs> I survived the millennium. I got through it. Um, but I I have a real kind of soft spot and fondness for the 90s because I grew up in the 90s and all of my formative memories were in the 90s. So I kind of feel like I associate myself more with the 90s than with the noughties. Oh, brilliant. Um, oh, love it. Even though Tenny Fad kind of came of age in the, in the 2000s, I think my heart is really in the 90s. Well, you are in the right place. Okay, what kind of music from the 90s did you like then? When people say, what's your guilty pleasure? I would say that I was secretly one of the biggest fans of S Club Seven. <gasps> that's not that's not a guilty pleasure. Yeah. That's just a pleasure. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Well, someone said there's no such thing as a guilty pleasure, and no. and uh, S S Club would very much kind of my pop band. I think it was like ninety eight, ninety nine. They kind of came out to that like kind of on the cusp of the millennium, I think. And and then we I would always get my friends together and we would we would be S Club Seven and we'd always change. <gasps> you know. 
Who would you be? Who would you pretend to be? Let me guess. Let me guess. Were you pretending to be Paul? I do you know what? I actually always pretend to be Bradley. Because <gasps> Bradley's got what is it? Bradley's got that thing. What's the um, sort of some sort of line? Is it that uh, Bradley's doing his thing? I can't even remember it now. I mean, I'll, Joe's I'll, got I'll, the flow. Joe's got the flow. Obviously, Joe's got the flow. You gotta go. Some of the listeners are going to um, be listening. Like, I know every one of these. They will um, be screaming, yeah. Bradley. Um, so you pretend to be Bradley because you wanted to do some dance moves, well, I presume. I think also because my middle name is Bradley. Um, so <gasps> fate. It was fate. It was fate. <laughs> and I just thought he was the coolest one. So I wanted, I yeah. wanted to be the coolest one. So that's why I chose Bradley. Did you watch the TV program? I did. Uh, Miami Seven, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was a bit. I was a bit too old for yeah. that, but I do remember yeah. it being. I love S Club, but even now, if S Club, um, there ain't no party like an S Club party comes on. I know. You just. Yeah. You gotta go for it. Have you gone to see them on tour this time round? I, I haven't got round to it actually, but um, in in the show that I've been doing, I do I do have an S Club section in <gasps> in the, actually both. So I've got two shows at the moment. So I've, I've just written a Christmassy one, a Christmas themed yeah. one. So I do a bit of uh, Never Had a Dream Come True. It's a classic, which which is great. It's... But although it wasn't actually Christmas number one, I I in my mind I always thought it was Christmas number one. What was number one that year? Yeah, I'll, t- I'll tell you. So. Basically, it was number one at the beginning of December, yeah. but only for one week. And then it was knocked off the number one spot by the, you know, the, the cheery, festive classic um, Stand by Eminem. You know, uh, a song, <laughs> cheery song all about a crazed, uh, you, crazed super fan killing his pregnant wife. I have rewritten history in my head because I don't remember any of that. I just remember S Club 7. That song, Stan, wasn't number one either. So there was actually two weeks after S Club 7. So then it was Stan. And then number one yeah. in the year 2000 was Bob the Builder. That's terrible. <laughs> yeah, can we fix it? Look, you know, we said some things are crap and we like them. Some things are just crap. <laughs> yeah. And Bob the Builder was just a rub. Oh, that was number one. That's terrible. That's a terrible Christmas number one. We can also just acknowledge how like, mental the charts were in those days. You'd have like S Club followed by... Uh, Eminem fallen by Bob the Builder. And we had Mr. Blobby popped up at some point and he just absolutely rocked the world. 93, Mr. Blobby. I, I went to a take, no, it was like, we used, they used to do like teenage, under 18, like road shows mm-hmm. one Christmas and Mr. Blobby turned up. Oh, we rioted. What a <laughs> joy. Seeing Mr. Mr. Blobby on the stage, it was just absolute dream. We, this year, we don't know what's going to be number one, do we? Because Lad Baby aren't no. doing it this year. We're not, we're not having any more sausage rolls. Um, no, I have no idea. I don't even know who's, in the run-in. I think Sam Ryder's going to try for it, oh. uh, which could be good, actually. Yeah, I like Sam Ryder. It will be interesting because we've not got an X Factor and we've not no. got um, a sausage song. So <laughs> yeah. it's just, maybe I should release it. Maybe I'll just do one. Yeah, I, we could, need some... I could release Bob the Builder again. There we go. Bring it back. I think it's, <laughs> it's all about the revival. It'll be like Band-Aid. You know, they do it every like 20 years. So be like... Yeah, yeah. I love the Band-Aid. My favourite is with yeah. Ross and Kylie. That's an absolutely... Okay. Terrible one, but it's yeah. the one I love. Okay, so where did you grow up? I grew up in Poole in Dorset. Okay. Um, so on the south coast. And um, and then, I'm, then now, now I'm in London. But eventually I'll, I'll escape London and get get out at some point. But yeah, gr- yeah grew up in Poole. Was it nice around there? Yeah, it was. I mean, it was, um, I think, like the big, the big perk about growing up down there is that we would have our summers at the beach. And um, oh, we kind of like rented a little beach hut with another family and just all of us. I've got three brothers as well. So we'd all pile into this little tiny little beach hut and then like just literally spend every single summer at the beach, not really doing very much. Um, oh. And then as you got older, you get the beach parties and you get like the barbecues down the beach and all the craziness that comes with that. Living in Birmingham, 
there's no beach. The, <laughs> the beach is days away. We are the. I think the fact is something like we are the furthest away from the sea oh, anywhere no. in England. We've got canals, more beach, canals yeah. than Venice. Canal rave. Which is the fact that every every Brummie knows we've got more canals than Venice. But no, it's terrible. Um, were you allowed posts on your wall? And if so, what were they? I was allowed posters on my wall. My my bedroom growing up. I lived in this. I grew up well. As I said, I had three brothers, so we shared rooms for quite a long time. Then eventually I did get my own room, but it was kind of like Harry Potter in terms of its like space. It was very, very small. I could pretty much touch all the walls, like just yeah. standing in the middle of it. Um, but every single inch of my bedroom wall was covered in posters, band posters. Oh, and, which um, ones? So this was, I, I eventually got my own room when I was about 13, 14. So uh, at that point, I started getting into like rock music and kind of like emo and all that kind of stuff and pop punk and so I had I used to get Kerrang magazine every week. Yeah. Um and and also Enemy sometimes. And it would be like all the bat like Green Day, Blink One Eighty Two, Sum Forty One, all of those kind of like rocky bands. I would have them all over the literally every inch of my wall was covered in it. And um but the, the hilarious thing is now those bands those bands are like called Dad Rock. Um <laughs> I had yeah, um, would, yeah, he's a bit dad rocky. On Spotify it came up with like you know, playlists you might like, and it said dad rock. And I was like, okay, all right. We used to buy my dad a, a dad rock CD every year. And it, you know, it'd be all like all the classic bands and from like seventies and stuff. And I clicked on the dad rock album and the first track was Teenage Dirtbag. You, you now <laughs> ventured into dad rock. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about this, um, this change of events? I mean, are I, you embracing dad rock? I don't know what Spotify knows that I don't, but I don't have a kid. <laughs> so. Okay. Did you have any crushes support on your wall or was it just rock? Um, I mean, I th- most of the bands at that time were kind of like moody men in their 20s. So I, I didn't really yeah. have much of a crush on them. But I mean, some of them had like eyeliner and they looked pretty good with their like black hair over their eyes and stuff like that. I yeah. think I think my first um, my first proper kind of crush, like awakening, I guess, would be um, Jessica Rabbit in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Have you seen that film? Of course I've seen that film. It's an absolute... Yeah. Do you know what? I need it to show my kids that film, but... But then again, it's actually quite scary. It is scary. Yeah. Yeah. It's the the baddie with the. Has he got like funny? Has he got funny eyes? The baddie, and is there some sort of slime involved? It's or the something? guy from Back to the Future, Doc Brown. Yeah. Is it Christopher Lloyd? Yeah. Is that his yeah. name? And um, he it he's very creepy. He's he's I can't remember the name. I think it's like the toy killer or the cartoon killer or something like that. And he dips them in this kind of like acid that dissolves them. Uh, I used to love that film. I used to watch that all the it, time. That, they're the kind of kids' films that wouldn't be made today. No, <laughs> I think we need some more of, of it. <laughs> oh, we need some. We need some films to scare the kids in Disneyland in California. Um, they do like Halloween nights, and you, he's one of the characters you can meet, uh, and he did look absolutely terrifying. Maybe I should because mine are like mine are teen. Erin's nearly thirteen, so maybe I should show her that. But I still think she'd be a little bit freaked out by it. But Jessica Rabbit, she's a classic. I think if you went to a Halloween night and saw that, the parents would be more scared of it than the kids. The kids would probably be thinking, "Oh, who's that guy?" And all the parents are kind yeah. of getting this like PTSD from when they were <laughs> kids, like that guy that killed all of our favorite cartoons, like dipping it's Mickey like, Mouse. In um, do you recall? Oh, it's not the uh, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang yes. and the Child Catcher. Yes. Another terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? I actually put up a clip from Chitty Bang Bang on my Instagram story yesterday because I was teaching one of the songs. And I was like, this this film is such a classic film. And it's quite underrated. It's not really like, I don't think it's on any like streaming services or anything. And it's not a Disney film. So it's not on like Disney Plus or anything. 
But it's a great movie. But then when you think about it, there's a guy that literally goes around like abducting children, putting them in the back of the van and like putting them in a dungeon. Absolutely terrifying. They once in Birmingham, you know the toot toot sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had the original toot sweet machine no way. Um, at a museum, and I took my kids to see it, and they couldn't have given less of a toss. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, look, it's the machine, and they were like, what are you? T-? I was like, you know, toot sweet, and they were like, what are you talking about? Chit chitty bang wang is brilliant, which is the dolly as well. That wasn't to do with um. I'd like Cabri Worlds because that's Birmingham. Birmingham is Cabri World. No, they did not have the toot sweet machine. Yeah. I think it was just in the normal museum. Okay. But the cap, if you think, if you've never been to Cabri, I love if Cabri World, if you're listening, I love you. It's not like Willy Wonka's chocolate factory. Don't be rocking up thinking you can lick the walls or there's umpalumpers. You get a f- tiny bit of free chocolate and you look at some machines. Do you know what? We I went I went a couple of times when I was younger, and I feel like the first time I went, maybe it was just because I was young. But I seem to remember it being like really magical and there being like the fudge machine and you got all these chocolates. And then the next time I went, I was probably about 14 and that was quite depressing. <laughs> They're like, here, have one crunchy. <laughs> yeah, half a crunchy, <laughs> ration it, share it with your friends. But it is great. You know, we've not got much going in Birmingham, but we have got cover. And also all around there, Bourneville, smells of chocolate, which is absolutely yeah, delightful. Is. Okay, so question was Jessica Rabbit. Did you have any fashion faux pas? Um, I I honestly think that the fashion faux pas I had, I still kind of have, which is wearing like skinny jeans. There's nothing wrong with skinny jeans. There was a time and a place for like skinny jeans on men, like very skinny jeans. And then I just did, I I think out out of kind of loyalty, I didn't want to throw them away or give them away to charity. So I just kind of kept them. And now it, but it's gone the other way now because the Gen Zers are all wearing like flares, basically, like very like like bell bottom jeans and all that kind of stuff. Like nineties, the ones that get rain at the bottom and it just soaks <laughs> yeah. it all up and goes all like yeah. scruffly at the bottom. Nothing wrong with this skinny jean. Um, they're not crop skinny jeans. I don't. I'm not a huge fan of them. No. No. Are you wearing a crop skinny jean? <laughs> you're looking like you might. You, you've got a pair. No, on now. I've got some like. <laughs> kind of cool tartany things going on but these are oh, no, yes. these are That's quite skinny festive. these are a bit skinny uh, but another no, skin, um, skin is fine another well I, I don't know if it was a faux pas or if it was just a fashion at the time it was just like I had my I had like a black shirt with flames on it that I used to love and um, I used to have like loads of chains hanging off my jeans as well I think when we got to like 2001 2002 that was kind of the territory of like it was like rap meets kind of like new metal culture where Everyone just wore loads of chains. Yeah. Where did you buy chains from? You wouldn't be going to H&M and getting some chains. No, they had, there were special shops. There was like the the emo shop or whatever. I remember in pool, I can't remember if it was cool, but we used to get stuff from there. That's where you get the black shirt with flames, flames on the bottom of it. See, a black shirt from flames is, in my head, one of the members of Five might also have worn that. Yeah. I, yeah. Maybe Jay, because he was a little definitely bit. Jay. He was a bit of the bad one. Jay definitely would have, would have. I did. I did love Five. They were great, weren't they? Okay. So, did you have any fashion then? We know you're wearing skinny jeans, but is there anything then that you'd still wear now, apart from the skinny jeans? I remember I got one of my favourite items of clothing. I got as a teenager was um, I had like a bright red Adidas tracky like hoodie. And I absolutely loved it and wore it all the time. And I don't know where it's gone. I'm, I've lost it over the years, but I would definitely wear that now. And my, my daughter has got like, she's like nearly a teenager. She's got Adidas stuff. And my um, son has asked for an Adidas tracksuit for Christmas. Nice. Everything just comes, <laughs> yeah. it all goes round in circles and circles and circles. Okay, so when did you start to get interested in like primary school songs? What what clicked in your head? And you were like, 
this is fun. So I, I've been teaching in primary schools for the last nearly 10 years now, from like 2013, 2014, kind of teaching music, teaching singing. And um, and so I actually teach a lot of the songs that we we used to sing at school. So for me, it was kind of like, it was nostalgic, but I, I get that nostalgia fix by passing it on in a way, but by teaching some of these songs. But the thing for me that really clicked was um, I got a copy of, I know that this is a podcast, so you won't be able to see it, but... Um, I got a copy of this book, which was called Come and Praise. And it was like the complete piano edition, basically. And I opened up the contents page and I looked at all the songs in here and like literally just going through from number one, you've got like Morning is Broken, Water of Life, All Things Bright and Beautiful, Autumn Days, like all these classics. And I, I opened up this book that I, I found at school and I was like, oh my God, this is just like taking me, literally transporting me like back to when I was, you know, belting out these songs cross-legged on the cold school hall floor basically yeah and wow nice yeah what you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on bomba socks underwear and t-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds yeah that plush and the best part for every item you purchase bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am, but Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Everyone's a banger as they well. Are. Everyone is an absolute bop. So do they still learn the songs that... So I obviously I learned these songs, you know, 10 years before you. And then you learned these songs. And then the kids still learning the same songs. I think it depends on the school, to be honest. I think some schools they do, especially if you've got a music teacher that's like a piano player or if you've got a music teacher that is like particularly into these songs, then, uh, or if it's maybe it's like a C of E school or something like that, then you might do. But I think times are changing a bit. So because a lot of the songs did have like a religious element to it, a lot of schools don't do them yeah. now. And um, which is a shame in a way. And I, I do obviously understand it, but um, they are just like great tunes. So it's a shame not to just, you know, even if you like are religious or not, it's just fun to belt them out. I'm not religious in any way, shape or form, but on Good Friday, I'm singing Lord of the Dance. Yes. And nobody's going to stop me. I'm screaming it at my kids. I danced on the Friday when the sky was black. It's hard to dance with the devil on your back. Screaming at my kids. They're looking terrified. What are you talking about? I'm like, everybody should know this song. Yeah. Lord of the Dance is a classic. It is a classic. It's one of my top f- top five. It like it could even be like the top, top tune. It's because it takes you on a bit of a journey. There's a dark yeah. element to it. It's just an absolute. I love it. In fact, I think a lot of the weddings I went to when everybody was getting married had the Lord of the Dance as a yeah. game. See, it's just I a great got married tune. at Christmas. It's just. It is a great. Tune. It's a great bop, and I like the yeah. drama. There was one song I've had a few people send in a few songs because like, what songs do we want to talk about? There was one song. Um, that people find a bit scary, which had in, do you remember this? I was cold, I was naked, yeah. were you there, were you there? Yeah, <laughs> so that that song's called uh, When I Needed a Neighbour. And so I, I do it as part of my show. And then when it gets to the 
third verse, there's the there's the core there's the verse which is I was cold, I was naked, were you there? And because at school we used to find it hilarious that we were singing the word naked, I get everyone in the room to shout the word naked when we get to naked. <laughs> and it's great, everyone loves it. I I would be really howling with love. Are oh, you naked? Were you there? It's it's a little bit of a scary element for five year olds to be singing. Do you know what? Some of the lyrics are quite dark for some of these. Yeah. Like it's hard to dance with the devil on your back. Also, is a little bit terrifying. There's a song which is called "Cross Over the Road, My Friend," and like oh, one of the yes. verses is like, "Would you walk by on the other side when starving children cried and things like this?" And it's like, it's, it's some of these lyrics do get pretty dark. <laughs> That's another great song. Oh my gosh, there's so many great songs. I yeah. one of my favourite is. Um, did you ever? Do you know? And the painted matchstick men and matchstick cats and dogs. Have you ever heard that one? Do you know what? I I actually don't know that one, but I have had a message from someone asking if I knew it, and I was like, I don't think I do. It's one of those ones that I think is probably in a book somewhere, but I think I it's. I think it might be an old one, and I think it was based on terrifying pictures of matchstick people it you know it was it was it was a classic and i enjoyed belting that out so what would you say is the top five that you get requested or that you that get the best interaction uh so i i did actually make like a top 10 video that's kind of like the first so like you asked like where this all kind of came from basically i i kind of was reflecting on it during lockdown i was doing a lot of like online teaching and then i started doing a tiktok channel i thought oh it'd be quite funny to do like a top 10 of primary school assembly bangers yeah and i saw a few a couple of other people had done like all oh, their favorite school songs and i thought oh i actually know how to play them on the piano so i thought it'd be quite fun to actually just play them and i did make a top 10 and then my top five were uh autumn days right one um lord of the dance this little light of mine give me oil in my lamp keep me burning yeah and then shine Je- shine jesus shine all, is that one that you sang all just wonderful yeah. songs and you'd be sat Great, there, sorry. you'd be sat and your bum would be cold because I was in a skirt. On a, unless you were like, sometimes when you got to year six, you were allowed to sit on a chair, which is a real... Yeah, or, or the bench at the back yeah, of the hall. Yeah, the bench. And if you got the bit at the end where it had like the little two lumps, you'd have to sit <laughs> yeah. with one of them up your bum. <laughs> yeah. um, but yeah. those were, or I think they're pretty much what people sent me in. Me in so we've got um, one more step along the world I go. Yeah. That one. Keep, give me oil in my lamp, keep me burning. And it's, this is a strange one. I'm an alien creature. Do you know that song? Was that a request or was that someone just confessing? I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, she said, I'm an alien creature. Please tell me other people know this banger. No, that's not one I know, unfortunately. No. I I, I I need to get a list of all these like really obscure ones and I can just do like a top 10 obscure songs. Yeah, that'd be good. I'll share your top 10. Is it still on TikTok? On Instagram, I'll share it so people can see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Lord of the Dance, Magic Penny. Oh, what's Magic Penny? Yes. How does that like, go? There's, um, I, it just so happens I've got the piano <gasps> in front of Excellent. me. Excellent. So that goes, uh, love is something if you give it away, give it away. It's very wholesome. Yeah, that is a really nice song. Oh, there was some... Hang on, what else have we got? That was a great one. Obviously, Cauliflower Fluffy, which seems yes. to be... That wasn't in your top five, was it, Cauliflower Fluffy? Do you, know, do you know what? I actually didn't even put it in my top ten. <gasps> um, James! Which is really, really controversial. But uh, t- the reason it is, we actually never sang that song at school. I never sang it at school. I, I learned it only like a few years ago. 
I'm um, sure I sang it at school. Where it wasn't one I've of our harvest it? bangers. Yeah, cauliflower's fluffy and cabbage is green. Strawberries are sweeter than any of the... I know, and the, and the broad beans are sleeping in a blanket. Yeah. Yeah, we sang I wonder that. if there's like a regional divide as to where these songs were sung. Like, where, I don't know. The more I think It'd be about, interesting to know. Yeah, the more I think about the Matchstick Men, I think that feels like it might be like a black country going yes. going down to mines kind of... Well, there's that painting, is it? That Lowry painting with all the matchstick men. That's uh, Manchester, isn't it? Oh, well, that's what the, it must have been about. Yeah. So that'd be like North, wouldn't yeah. it? Like a North. Um, <laughs> yeah. why singing... we, we would have no idea what that was about in Paul Wendell's. It's very <laughs> yeah. far away. They're like, come on, kids, let's let's sing about going down to mines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're like singing about going down to beach. <laughs> yeah, going down to the beach. Yeah, it'd be interesting. There probably is a bit of a divide because sometimes I have yeah. words like we use in Birmingham for forward roles. We use the word gamble. Have you ever okay. heard that I'm before? That. No. no, that's a primary school. No. So a primary school teacher would be like, come on, kids, do gamble. And until you yeah. meet other people, you think everybody says the word gamble. I, th- I saw a picture on Instagram, I think. It was like, what did you call this? And it's someone holding up a piece of bread with chips in it. And it's like, what did you call it? And then everyone's like got their own terms Yeah, it, there's so like bad yeah. carb, all sorts of things. <laughs> Chip butty. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, we have gamble. And also in Birmingham, in primary schools, we spell the word mom, M-O-M. And okay. I could not get, I'd always try and go and buy my mom a Mother's Day card. I'm like, why does it say to mo- I, what, Why is it all these cards yeah. spelt wrong? No, we just spell it wrong. We just spell it oh. wrong in Birmingham. So it's spelled M O M. All the primary school kids, every Mother's Day card you get is two mom. It's because I suppose it's the way we. That's like an it. American thing, isn't it? Yeah. Like in America, they do M O M. Yeah, but we're not, we are in Birmingham. It's just. Yeah. But until you meet other people, so obviously when I started a blog, I started to meet other other mums, and and they right. they were like a bit confused about my spelling of certain words. Um, and in in uh, West London, where I am now, they say mom M A A M. Do mom. that, mom. That's what I'd say to the, <laughs> no. the queen. Well, the queen wouldn't come in now, would she? Because she's fast. Yeah. If Camilla came in, I'd say, mom. No, we say, we say, mom. Okay, so we or can. Mummy. Oh yes, mummy. And um, we're going to be talking <laughs> about yeah. nativities. So nativities yes. are they still going strong in the primary schools that you've been visiting? Definitely, they they are. I d- I wonder whether some of the characters have been kind of like slightly phased out because <gasps> like who? I've not seen so many tea towels wrapped around heads recently. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I guess it's not the most culturally, you know, sensitive portrayal of Middle Eastern shepherds out there. But um, no, it's uh, not. But also, you, we, we've got Asda now, and you just yeah. go and buy them for twelve pounds. Yeah, yeah. In the yeah. olden days, um, you'd have a tea towel, or you'd have a. I was Mary, probably in the blue sheet. But now you can just go yeah. to Sainsbury's, twelve pound Mary outfit. Thank you very much. I was always one of the wise men. So I always had a, had to make a paper crown. My daughter, a few years ago, oh, I love her. And if she's listening back to this when you're older, this is a lovely story, but you were very wrong. She got very aggressively angry that it was wise men. And why, women can be wise. Just women could, and I was like, well, but they're technically, they were men. But no, but women can. <laughs> yeah. So she asked to be a wise woman. So she was a wise woman with the wise men, rocked up with a crown and everything. There you go. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, it's not what the story was, but she took but a then stand. Again, you do get some interesting characters in the nativity now. You you know you get the classic lobster from uh, Love Actually. It's the lobster about. Why is that in a nativity? 
I have no idea. Or space space people and stuff. No, like I like a classic nativity. Yeah. To be fair, I used to think it was Frank, not frankincense that they brought. I, th- I used to think the wise men brought Frankenstein <laughs> to the nativity. <laughs> so you'd have all these different characters. It'd basically just be a fancy dress part. You've got the wise men. You've got the shepherd. You've got the little drummer boy smashing out a drum solo in the corner. You've got the Frankenstein standing there. It was, it was just chaos. Ca- yeah. Uh, they just are. Uh, this is my my son's last year at primary school, so I will be doing all the sobs at the, uh, at the nativity. It is. I've had my daughter was Mary and my son was Joseph. So I feel like I've basically reached the pinnacle of all parenting. I managed to get oh, you, them. You smashed her. Start the star rolls. Okay, so what are the, some of your favourite nativity songs? Oh, there's there's some amazing. If you think more traditional songs, you've got Away in a Manger, Silent Night. All of those sorts of ones. And there's 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 some older ones as well that are really nice songs, like It Was on a Starry Night. Do you know that one? No, how does it go? Okay, I'll give you a little snippet. So hopefully a few people listening will know this way. It goes, uh, It was on a starry night when the hills were bright. I'll skip to the chorus. It goes, And all the angels sang for him. The bells of heaven rang for him. For a boy was born, king of all the world. There it's a, it's a lovely song. song. Yeah. That's a really nice one. It's a beautiful one. And it kind of links in nicely with like Silent Night. And then we also had Little Donkey. Classic. The classic. Yeah. Which some people said it was like the Marmite Carol because some people absolutely hated it. And a lot of people loved yeah. it. Yeah. I like a bit of Little Donkey. I got married at Christmas and we had the classically hard to sing. Oh, what is it? Oh, what, what is that? What's the name of that hymn? Ding dong, ding dong, merrily ding dong. Why we yeah. chose that? So that just a cat chorus of so adults. Yeah. <laughs> like... <laughs> You're torturing your wedding guests. You were maybe you're just warming up their voices for the party later on. Yeah, it was. Um, it was nice getting married at Christmas because it does have some good songs. Okay, so what would be yeah. your top number one nativity song? Um, I think probably away in a manger. That would that has to be that has to be up there. I mean, it must be sung in every nativity. And I've actually learned a couple of newer ones recently. Well, there's one called Rat a Tat Tat, which I've never heard of before. And um and I quite like that How one. How's that go? I, I go some rat a tat tat, rat a tat tat. No, no, no. There isn't any room and you can't stay here. There isn't any room for strangers. Uh, it's all about Mary going door to door. Asking to get into the inns. I really like that one. And then all the kids can knock on the door. They go rat tat tat. That yeah. Kind of thing. And the innkeeper's just pointing no. Exactly. Exactly. Like that. And then the one innkeeper's like come it because the innkeeper's another great role to have. Yeah. In panto. Exactly. Not a panto in a, a nativity. Um, yeah. I was Angel Gabriel when I was. Um, Angel Gabriel doesn't really have too many. She didn't really have any lines. So I was a bit, bit, bit disappointed. But I got to walk. We did it in church one year. And I got to walk down. Were you one of the popular girls at school? Were you the popular one? I had long blonde hair. That was the only thing. Okay. They were just like, right, angel, white, yeah. long blonde hair. That's you. You're in. Get so up. I feel like... And my mum made me silver foil yeah. wings or something. The angel was like, oh, it would always be the popular girl. And like all the girls, would, it would be the competition to see who could be cast as the angel. So yeah, I think you nailed it there. Oh, do you know what? I'm going to change my bio. I'm going to change all <laughs> yeah. of my... <laughs> I Formerly would, yeah. Angel, Angel at School in 1993 <laughs> or whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think it was just 
times were different then and yeah. all, you know a very birmingham's very multicultural and they were just like white person with blonde hair boob <laughs> sure get yeah. down there you're in it yeah. um yeah, so on i, top did, of I the didn't tree. have any yeah and erin was uh mary but erin also was an angel once as well oh god we just i wonder what my husband was i don't know what he, i'll have to ask him when he gets he probably won't even remember so you were always a wise man i was a wise man yeah i don't know what it was maybe i just had this like element of feeling very like I don't know, respected so, or something. Were you ever a narrator? Because I did that a couple of times. And that's the crappiest one to do. I was, I was too nervous to be the narrator. I couldn't, I couldn't have done it. I was too scared to do to be the narrator. Because you just bop up in your school uniform, yeah, and you read out two lines like that, and then Mary said to Jesus, "The baby is," and then that's it, and it's rubbish. Do you know what? Um, what's really funny is that I think like. It's kind of a free for all, like who gets part of the nativity, because in terms of like what who the characters are, and I think like some schools have got confused because I have seen some nativities when you got Joseph in it, but it's not Joseph as in like Mary's husband; it's Joseph from Joseph and his Technicolor Dreamcoat. So you've got you've, no. got, like, you've got like the wrong Joseph. So you've got like Joseph and his Technicolor Dreamcoat singing "Any Dream Will Do." While Mary's like giving no, birth, is, and you like, have please oh, yeah. tell me that's not true. That I, is absolutely so true. <laughs> I was, a, I'm a former RE teacher, oh, so really? that hurts. Uh, that hurts my RE little heart. Yeah, you've got Joseph rolling up in his technical dream coat. Yeah, yeah, absolutely true. Um, and but the thing is, I think I don't know. Maybe RE education needs to, oh, sorry, religious education needs to kind of uh, yeah, out this game because you got people. Because you'd also have Joseph there, so you'd have like Mary's Joseph, and then you'd also have Joseph and his Hadley kind of dream coat. Different times, so, just like a bit, bit of crossover. I think <laughs> yeah. Ari's, I think Ari's pretty much being phased out now, which is yeah. a shame. I'm not religious, but I like. I'm just really nosy, yeah. So I love knowing what other people are doing. Indeed. So I, it's quite easy to teach religion when you're not religious, because I'm not biased. I'm just teaching it all. I think it should be like you know compulsory just to know about everyone else's. Even if yeah. you don't have anyone in your school that is like Sikh or Buddhist or Muslim, whatever, whatever religion you are, I think it's just interesting to know about the background because then you have an appreciation of different cultures and things like that. I find it interesting. Um, unfortunately, some people don't want to know about people's cultures. Yeah. Some people aren't. I'd be there on open evening. Welcome to the RE room. And you'd have the mums and the dads going, she ain't interested. Let's go. Let's go yeah. to maths or whatever. But we did like quite a lot of um, discussion and debate. That's the kind of stuff that I would like. So we talk about like abortions or okay. euthanasia or, yeah. or whatnot, like with the older kids, not with the okay. year seven. I was going to say, like, <laughs> some year threes there, like what's euthanasia? <laughs> no, not, yeah. that, was, that was when they were year 11. <laughs> yeah. um, but every year we would do, I would do a lot about the nativity. So it's it like the, the, the this half term, I always say to my kids, is the best half term to be in primary school. Yes, definitely. I think it's a great time. We it can be fun. I remember when we did RE lessons, we used to get asked to make up raps because again, this oh, was yeah. maybe like late nineties, and and obviously like rap was being like you know Eminem was like getting really big and stuff. They said like, you need to make up a rap about I don't know Moses or something. So we'd like go away and like make up a rap, and I think that's quite a good way to get into it. And like the RE teachers that we were get trying to get anything to get make do a rap do a freeze frame do some yeah. sort of comedy interpretive yeah. of this store like of moses just to get some sort of like engagement going yeah um and we'd obviously we'd show show some classic classic films do you like the film nativity 
Do you know what? I, I do like the film Nativity. And in part of my Christmas show, I, I do a little snippet of the song Sparkle and Shine. Do you know that one? Of course. And my daughter <laughs> yeah. is in a drama group and they are singing Sparkle and Shine. She sang Sparkle and Shine Great. the weekend. It's a, that is one. Yeah. There's, it's hard to become a classic. It's hard. I don't know how to describe it. It's hard to be a new song and become a classic. Does that make sense? Yeah, 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 exactly. And and also, you know, there are some great, it's got some like great competition for like Christmas films. So I, I do a little bit of um, Walking in the Air as well from The Snowman. Yeah. Um, but you've got some great, you've got some great Christmas films out there. But I think, I feel like that's, that's probably going to become one of those like, there's there's the staples you've got love actually you've got the holiday you've got the the christmas films that come on every year so i feel like that is becoming one of them i think it's already kind of become it to be honest i love it my kids love it mr poppy is hilarious yeah we can all relate to it it's like for me it's like set in coventry i think so it's like quite local accent yeah. so like my kids can relate to it and sparkle and shine and what's the oh in nazareth that's a great oh, yeah. song i have to say i it, it's not a film that i was into when it came out because I don't know it was in like 2010 or something or as of yeah. 2008 but um you know I, I guess like being like 20 years old I probably wasn't really the demographic for no, it at not. the time <laughs> but now that I've been teaching in primary schools for the last 10 years I kind of like yeah I can relate I can relate a bit do to they sing now. those songs in primary schools now like Sparkle and Shime and the Nazareth one um I I've not heard it actually sung in school, but um, a couple of my pupils have sung it in their like drama groups and stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's that's yeah. what what Erin did. It is um, it's always a little bit of a a tear a tearjerker one. It's, yeah. it's just so cute and happy, and it just suits kids' voices just so it's deliciously, just, doesn't it? I think it just has that element of what makes our primary school songs fun, which is just that like positive. Like most, I mean, there were yeah, there were some dark songs, but a lot of them were just very positive and like. One of my f- favorite kind of underrated primary school songs was "Who Put the Colors in the Rainbow." Um, I thought that go? So no, they go, so, Who put the colors in the rainbow? Who put the salt into the sea? And it was kind of like it's just it was all about animals, and it was just yeah. super kind of upbeat and positive. Um, kind of a similar melody to "One More Step Along the Water." That, yeah, I was gonna yeah. say I was gonna recognize that song. Yeah, it is. It's, it was a the primary school. I I guess I guess why it's been I get why it's been phased out because we are a more multicultural society. But I wish there could be like some sort of different alternatives that the kids could sing these days. There, um, there is a company that is actually doing it called Out of the Ark, and they've got some ones that are really popular with the kids on TikTok. They love them. So um, I've, the kids so, on TikTok. Yeah, so some of them are posts which I did not sing growing up. Like there's a. There's one called Spring Chicken. There's um, uh, Wake Up Shake Up. There's like Harvest Samba and some of these songs, and and they're they're really popular with kids that are probably like 14, 15, 16 that are on TikTok, and they always request those ones. But they're not ones that I personally sang. So sometimes no, I do yeah. kind of throw throw them out there. And so I went away and learnt learnt some of them, and um, some of them are really popular. And uh, so like there are newer songs like School Assembly songs coming out. But I do agree like. The the funny thing is for the Christmas is that actually we we sing some really old songs and even now like Heart the Herald Angel sings and all of those sorts of songs they're really old songs they're like two hundred and fifty years old or something um, but they are still being sung by the children so I kind of feel like if we can sing those we can probably sing some of these as well I think it's... yeah yeah put a bit of a healthy mix in yeah if if you ever have children in the future do you hope that they're going to do the primary school singing as well definitely yeah I re- 
uh, well, even if they don't sing these songs in school, I will teach them to them anyway. Yeah, yeah, but like, <laughs> yeah. like me screaming Lord of the Dance at yeah, them. Exactly. Like, Wake up, my eyes open. Like, yeah. like, I danced on the Friday. And he's like, oh, like, what are these old person songs that you're teaching us? Why yeah. do you think it's? Why do you think nostalgia has just hit a sweet spot for you? Why? What? Because I've watched these TikToks and these yeah. Instagram, and these men and women are screaming these songs at the top yeah. of their lungs, and they look so happy. Genuinely, I I've been I kind of put on this show. Basically, the show in a nutshell is me kind of like telling a story for nearly two hours basically like it's reminiscing on our school days thinking about growing up in the 90s i've got a bit of like disney bit of musical theater but mostly around our school assembly songs and i kind of had the lyrics on a qr code and you scan it and you got it on your phone and you sing along to it and honestly i i kind of put on one show as like i could get, maybe get my friends and family along and thought it might be just quite fun a little get together and then it sold out straight away and i put on another one and then i had messages from people say oh you know you need to bring this show over to wherever Birmingham Manchester and so I, I put on like started putting it on and people were coming along to it that I'd never met and I think this is you know it's really really exciting and I think the part of it is that it honestly does transport you back to just a very kind of wholesome time where you don't have a care in the world and and I think there's something about music as well that's very kind of transformative and you can listen to a song that you might not have heard in 25 30 years or whatever and it will just take you back to a certain time and place. You'll know all the words, probably. You might not even need to look at the lyrics. And and when I've been doing the shows, literally every single show, people just leaving like smiling and singing and like I just think that's like, so nice just to have that, you know, it's almost like a bit of therapy to feel like millennial it, therapy. It, it, no, I, I love it because you're going back to yeah. a time when your only problem was your mate, you thought might fall out with your mate, or exactly. what you're gonna have for your lunch. Also, somebody on the podcast once said that. The good thing about nostalgia, like, because we didn't have any kind of social media. Yeah. Experience that felt very like it was just us. But then when you go out into the world, everybody else experienced the same thing. Yeah. And it's kind of like a unifying um, feeling. I, so it, it, I just love it. I kind of feel like with these songs, what's interesting about these songs, actually, is I feel like they kind of unite a couple of generations because you've got like the tail end of like, a lot of them were kind of popular in like the mid mid to late 70s. But then that was like the tail end of the people growing up then. But they were really big in the 80s and really big in the 90s. So I think basically anyone that kind of grew up in the 80s and 90s and even like the, probably the late 70s would know most of these songs. But after that, they kind of got phased out. And then at the same kind of point where social media kind of picked up massively and like the internet obviously just kind of went crazy. So I kind of feel like we are, I don't know, I feel like maybe I was in the last kind of generation of people that we would, there would be no kind of connection with social media growing up. There was, there was no, there, there was kind of like internet, but we didn't really use it uh, very much growing up. So I think maybe we were just that last generation of people that all sang the same songs, like going yeah. back a couple of generations. Um, and then, and then it just changed after that. So maybe it's just that like sweet spot of people that are unified in their like childhood experience. Because the weird thing is, that even though I was born in January 91, I'd probably have a very similar primary school experience as someone born in 81, because like- the, Yeah, or the, like 77, yeah, it's, yeah. Probably, it's probably very, it's probably very similar. And to be honest, even when you go into primary schools today, you're like, I'm sure that the, you know, the things that hang off the wall that kids climb up, you're like, yeah. I think that's been there for 40. I yeah, went around yeah. looking at secondary schools for my son and I was like, this, this science lab looks like it's 50 years old. Yeah. Quite, I think it's quite changed. Do you wish you'd grown up now with social media? 
so yeah i think as as i got to the because you said like what was it like when i was 14 i think at, at that time kind of social media was coming in like that we had myspace and that was always very mm. very political because you had like your top eight people or something that you could like pin to your profile and that was like that was always like oh you had to have your top friends in there otherwise uh and and also i kind of i was in the generation of msn messenger and so literally just growing up with msn messenger every single night after school getting home getting on msn messenger the amount of hours i must have spent on there i i dread to think like so how is much that just time. like because i did not have is that just yeah. like um whatsapp but on a computer uh kind well kind of but you didn't need anyone's like i don't think you really needed anyone's number or anything so you just i'm just trying to think exactly how it worked you just logged into into it using whatever fake email address you made at the time and you just speak to strangers no, it, it would be people you know. I'm just trying to... I'm sure someone listening to this will know exactly how, how it worked, but I'm trying to remember how exactly you connected with people. I think it was just... You just like added people and add, like, added contacts and added friends, and you just chatted to people. You'd have these like epic group chats, and I remember them even being like, all the local lads in the area wanted to fight. I was like, I'll meet you down the park. <laughs> it's kind of like... The people are like, organizing fights on, on there and stuff like that. <laughs> I meet you down the um, St George's Park. Did the Park, fights whatever. ever happen? Because often these times fights never happen. Oh, they, just... they almost definitely never happened. <laughs> they would always be like, oh, you know, my dad's bigger than your dad. I'm, let's, let's have a fight. I'll meet you down the field. Meet you down the field at five o'clock, and then no one <laughs> ever would turn up. Or you might get no like, no one ever went to the field. <laughs> no. Um, but then you know, I had an MSN messenger relationship when I was twelve or whatever. You know, I'm, like someone that I knew, but you know, yeah. it was like, oh, Johnny, go out with me, kind of thing. And it's yeah. like, yeah, let's let's go out. And then and then like before we even managed to go on a, like a real life date, it would be like, yeah, I'm not interested anymore. So you you know, you'd have oh, that whole heartbreak. Like, love stories happening on MSN Messenger. But um, but then yeah, I, just to kind of answer your question, I guess like I am glad that I don't that I didn't grow up with the level of social media we had now. When I when I was like 16, that was when Facebook started picking up. And then you, but that was kind of getting into like university territory, like what's like 17, 18, started getting Facebook. But now Facebook's kind of like, for I, I like my personal Facebook, it's just kind of like stuck in a time warp. It's like something, some kind of apocalypse has happened. And everything I see on my personal Facebook now is just like, happy birthday from like four years ago or something. It's like yeah, a ghost, happy birthday. ghost town. Yeah, yeah Facebook, because I, I am a bit older. The, the, the gen, what am I, a gen X? Am I a gen X? Gen X. I'm not a millennial. I'm a gen X. Yeah. Is that the one above or is that the one I, below? I'm not a Gen Z. I was just trying to think if you're a Zennial, because there's like an X <gasps> Xennial, which is like No, I think that's very kind of me. Yeah. Oh, I think I'm I think I'm I am i am probably a boomer, to be honest. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but so so my, so in your thought like kind of like mid to late forties people are still using Facebook. They're okay. still posting yeah. an album of forty photos from a night out going yeah. great night out with the girls. Nice. Well you're you're still you're still keeping it going. I feel like I feel like well, I guess maybe it's like a, a reaction to social media. A lot of people my age just aren't on social media anymore, I feel like, especially especially Facebook. But um, I think, I, I mean, I see it with all the like the kids I teach, like TikTok is such a, such a tricky one because uh, I can understand the positive reasons behind it. But um, I'm so glad I didn't have TikTok when I was younger because I just wouldn't have got anything done. <laughs> it's so addictive. I'm telling you now. It's I... so addictive. And also... It's like when I stumbled across you, that yeah. some people are just so clever and so funny. And that is why I do like TikTok, because I see stuff that genuinely does enhance my life because it proper yeah. makes me mm -hmm. like smile. But also some of the comments on TikTok. 
yeah. uh, you're like watching a lovely video, I don't know, of a woman giving her husband a puppy because his dog died three years ago. And you're like, lovely. And then the comments, and you're <laughs> yeah. like, how can people be, they're so awful. I know. It, that is, it is what, do you get a lot of negativity or you, is it quite a positive space? Do you know what? I'm extremely lucky in the world of social media that I have had very, very few negative comments. And oh, I think brilliant. That is which, great. And I, I do not I do not take that for granted. And I, I I know that it is so hard for so many, you know, content creators and things, the amount of abuse people get. Um but the vast majority of comments I get will be, Oh, this song takes me back or like nostalgia oh, unlocked nice. or, you know, yeah. oh, this song's brought back happy rem- happy memories. And that's genuinely the reason that I've stuck with it for so for so long. Because yeah. I just and and you know and putting together the show and everything it's just like I want like social media can be a super toxic place and a very stressful place and I think just like hopefully putting that like nostalgia element and like the positivity and the wholesome nature out there uh, there are some other people doing it and I love it when I see other creators doing it because it's it's kind of what we need and sadly like algorithms kind of run off of people getting angry in comment sections and that's why Twitter was so successful and all that kind of stuff so I'll never be big on Twitter because I'm not angry enough. I've just I've just stopped on Twitter because yeah. it, it's terror. It, well, it's not called Twitter, is it X? X. It's yeah. terrifying. I yeah. just was like, I can't, I can't be dealing with this anymore. It's too, it's too aggro. Um, maybe you should put them on YouTube. YouTube is yeah. quite a nice space as well. Do I do what? like YouTube. I was checking out your YouTube and it's so good. It's so good. Oh, it's yeah. not. It's me in Poundland. Yeah. It's yeah. literally all my followers, and they're lovely. They just want me to see me in B and M in Poundland. I love That's that. What they want it. <laughs> just what they just like yeah. me going to Poundland going look at what I'm buying today but that's like positive I just want to put positivity out yeah, there exactly as well. just like... you're doing you're doing that you're bringing positivity to people's lives and I think that's that's the main thing that you can get from I think like connecting with people creating communities is an amazing thing and and I think what is also great is that people will be watching your videos that won't necessarily get to go out that much for example or they yeah. might be quite lonely and actually watching one of your videos every week might make them feel connected with you or connected with the community around you and things like that so I think that's that's a really really nice thing and and I've kind of had that a bit with my stuff and I've had people coming along to my shows on their own and they said oh I couldn't find anyone to come with <laughs> trying to convince oh. people to come along to a primary school assembly sing-along all their friends are like that sounds <laughs> completely naff um but uh they've come along and they've actually made friends with other people that have come along and oh, things like that's that so. so nice oh yeah. I just love it well, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. It's oh, been thank lovely you. to speak to you. It's been great. Where can people, where can people find you? Uh, so I am on social media at James B. Partridge on Instagram, TikTok and YouTube. And then I do have a Facebook page um, as well. And you can find that through. <laughs> I've just been signing on Facebook. But I do. I do. I actually do use Facebook, but not in my personal one. It's, it's the, yeah. uh, my kind of other my social media page. Um, and also I am doing this tour of um, sing-alongs and comedy and nostalgia and um, hopefully coming to as much as the UK as possible. I'm, I'm finding it a bit tricky because I'm getting messages from people saying, oh, come to this place. And then I'm emailing like every theatre in that town and nobody's getting back to me. So I am, I'm doing my best. Um, yeah, well, I'm as I said, my followers want you to get to Plymouth. Plymouth, they okay. were just like, please come to Plymouth. Me and all my friends will go. That's what she okay. was very excited. But thanks so much for coming on the podcast and I will see you on social media soon. Yes. Thanks so much. Thank Bye. Head over to Hulu this March where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, 
about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.